My brothers and sisters in the Lord, one of the recent motion pictures that came out in 2007 was a movie entitled Darkest Hour. You may or may not have seen the motion picture, but it was basically about the life of the great Winston Churchill, the leader, the prime minister of the United Kingdom during World War II. And as we well know, and certainly whether you saw the movie or have read anything about Churchill's life or seen other documentaries, Churchill was a great leader. He was a great public speaker. He was a great orator. And he led his country at a very difficult time fighting against the Nazi regime. What was very interesting about this particular movie is, is that it went into some of the struggles that Winston Churchill had. And many of these struggles, my brothers and sisters, many of these weaknesses that he had, he had since he was a very young boy. And he carried with him for his entire life. One of the things that I didn't realize was that Winston Churchill actually had a speech impediment. He spoke with a lisp. And the reason why is because he had some sort of a dental deficiency, and that deficiency caused him to speak with that lisp. And so as he got older, he often wore an artificial tooth in order to lessen the lisp so that he could speak more normally. And even as he became a great leader of the United Kingdom, when he had his speeches, there were certain words that never appeared in any of Churchill's speeches. And the reason why is because he could not pronounce them properly. And so those words were never used. He was a man who was a great public speaker, a great orator, but had the weakness of a speech impediment. Another weakness that Churchill had was something that he called the black dog. The black dog. And the black dog, my brothers and sisters, is that since Churchill was a young adolescent boy, he suffered bouts of clinical depression. And he used that term to refer to it. And oftentimes, the depression would get worse when there was a military setback. But even though he suffered from clinical depression, he didn't let it overcome what he had to do for his people. Because he knew the importance of the role that he held. Churchill, my brothers and sisters, had his weaknesses while he also had his strengths. And I use that image because the same is true for all of us here in the church today, my friends. All of us have our strengths, but yes, all of us have our weaknesses. And those weaknesses could be a multitude of things. They could be physical weaknesses. I could ask how many people in this church have an artificial part in their body? Replacement knee, replacement hip, replacement valve in the heart. It could be some kind of other physical weakness. It could be a mental weakness. It could be a spiritual weakness or moral weakness because of our own concupiscence that we're constantly fighting against the temptation to be lazy the temptation to gossip, or whatever it may be in our own lives. But I can tell you one thing, my brothers and sisters, in this congregation, there are no perfect tens. All of us have our weaknesses. And that's why our second reading 
from St. Paul is one of my favorite readings. Because St. Paul had his weaknesses. Here was a great man, the apostle to the Gentiles, a martyr for the faith. And what does he say? He says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. St. Paul had his weakness, the thorn in his flesh. And St. Paul never actually describes what that is. And scripture scholars for years have debated back and forth what was the thorn in St. Paul's flesh. And there have been a multitude of reasons that have been given. Some says it was a physical illness, maybe um, uh, something like epilepsy that he suffered from where there was no cure at the time. But there were many other reasons that were given. But whatever it was, it was something that St. Paul suffered greatly. It was a weakness for him. And he goes on, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My brothers and sisters, I know in my life, if I have a weakness that I'm struggling with, sometimes I pray about it for days and weeks and months, maybe even years. I pray in the morning and I pray in the evening. But what does St. Paul do? He does, he prays three times. And after three times, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. And what does St. Paul do? He trusts in God. He trusts in God. That God's grace is sufficient. God's, God says to St. Paul, Paul, you need to trust in me. You need to rely on me. That I'm going to use this weakness for my glory. And that's what St. Paul does. And that's what all of us are called to do, my brothers and sisters. It's to see that in our weakness, whatever that may be, God can use it and transform it for His glory. And that weakness can become a strength if we allow God to use it. And there are two ways, my brothers and sisters, that I just want to speak about this morning very briefly in which we can have our own weaknesses become a strength in our walk of discipleship. And the first way is this. A weakness becomes a strength when we don't give in to it. Because that's the temptation. The temptation is I have this weakness and what do we do? We sit in our pity party. Why God, why? When God, when? It always happens to me. I'm never going to get over this. Why even try? But when we give in, my friends, that's when Satan's got us. And that's when we're defeated. We cannot give in to our weakness. I was in a parish many years ago, and there was a young girl. Her name was Sarah. And Sarah was in the Catholic school there at the time, but Sarah was born with a birth defect. She was missing a muscle in her foot. And because of that, she had to walk with a brace. And she would have to walk with that brace for an entire life. And I remember one day speaking to her father, and he was telling me this little story that when Sarah was about 10 years old, the school had field day. Everyone knows what field day is. It's all sorts of athletic activities. The school had field day. And so Sarah came home and told her dad, today we had field day. And the dad was saying to me, you know, all those things are going into my mom, you know. Sarah has a brace in her leg. How could she compete in field day? She's probably very upset. What am I going to say to her? He said, I'm going over all of these things. And then all of a sudden, she says to me, and I competed in two races. 
And he said, oh my, to himself. It had to be a disaster. But before he could say a word, Sarah said to him again, and guess what, Daddy? I won two of the races. And so he said, you know what I thought? They must have gave her a head start, allowed her to win. And she went on to say, but Daddy, guess what? She said, I won two of the races, but in winning those races, I had an advantage. And he said, there it is, the advantage. They allowed her to start halfway up the line. To which she said, you know what my advantage was, was Daddy? My advantage was this. I had to work harder than everyone else. That's a 10-year-old. I had to work harder than everyone else. That was her advantage. My brothers and sisters, that's how our weakness can become a strength. We look at the life of St. Paul. Yes, St. Paul had the thorn in his flesh. That was only one thing. But if we look at um, his second letter to the Corinthians, we see a multiple other things that he had to struggle against. St. Paul writes, five times at the hands of the Jews, I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I passed a night and a day on the deep, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own race, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers among false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, through hunger and thirst, through frequent fastings, through cold and exposure. Now, my brothers and sisters, after the 39 lashes, you and I might have said, goodbye, Jesus. I can't take this anymore. But look at everything St. Paul went through. Yet he remained faithful. He never gave in. And he never gave up. That's the first principle. And the second principle, my friends, is this. If our weakness is going to become a strength, then we have to know that we are totally dependent on God. Because when we're totally dependent on God, God can use that weakness. And His power can be made perfect when we rely totally on Him. St. Paul did, and you and I are called to do the same. I love this little story as an analogy to that. There was a man by the name of Ricky a few years back who wanted to compete in the Ironman triathlon. Now, the Ironman triathlon, if you don't know anything about it, I didn't, consists of three things. A 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bicycle ride, and a marathon 26.2 mile run. All raced in that order without any breaks. The only thing to remember about Ricky is that Ricky was disabled. Ricky had cerebral palsy, amongst other things, and the disease had progressed to the point that he could hardly even walk. And so Ricky was going to compete in this Ironman triathlon with his father. And so the two of them did. And when they started at the line for the beginning, Everyone else was kind of looking and saying, how's this going to go? But Ricky commented before to one of the reporters, my only goal is to finish. 
It doesn't matter if I'm the last person to cross the line. It doesn't matter if I cross the line 15 hours after everyone else. My goal is to finish. And Ricky did finish. He crossed the finish line one second before his father did. How did he do it? The father, who was about 49 years old at the time, swam 2.4 miles of ocean, pulling Ricky behind him on a rubber raft. Then the father pedaled an oversized 58-pound bike for 112 miles with Ricky sitting in a basket in front. And then he pushed Ricky in a special cart for 26.2 miles in order to run the marathon. Now, my brothers and sisters, how is that a wonderful analogy? Because that's what God does for us. Because most of the time, we're in the little rubber dinghy being pulled. Or God's pushing us in the cart over the finish line. He's running beside us, to our right, to our left, above us, below us, in front and behind. And that's why we remember we're totally dependent on Him. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, as you well know, Frank Sinatra was famous for that song, I Did It My Way. And if the stories are true, maybe he did it his way and maybe he had some help from the mob, I don't know, but whatever it is, we must always remember, my friends, that there is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman because we're totally dependent on God. And when we realize that and when we recognize that, our weaknesses can become our strengths and we don't sit in our own pity party. And I think that's one of the reasons why even when so many people succeed today and do good things, they feel so empty inside because they don't realize that all of us are dependent upon God and all that we do is for His greater honor and glory. Because in the end, my friends, God can take a scar in our life and turn it into a bright star. He can take a hurt and make it into a halo. He can take a weakness and make it into a strength. But we have to have faith. As Jesus says in the Gospels, he went back to his hometown and saw that lack of faith. He was truly amazed by it. My friends, do we have the kind of faith that we need to journey with Jesus, even in the midst of our weaknesses, of whatever we may suffer from, whatever we may fight against, in order to find our strengths. So that like St. Paul, who suffered all these things, we can say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Praise God on the last day, may I wear the crown of eternal glory.